overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on his people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Good evening, and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Hey, Laura. Hello. How's it going? It's good. It is good. Got a little glass of wine. It's a cool summer evening tonight. I sat outside for a little bit. Laura's lying because she's. It's it's not good. Their house is currently in turmoil. They're supposed to be going to Mexico. How, how many days? Six. Well, today is Monday that we're recording this, and we leave on Sunday. Okay. And they do not have a passport for Kaylin yet, and there's some there's some hiccups in the way. We did everything right according to the information we had at the time. And we're calling it, we've, we've come up with a new term, and we're calling it adoption bias. Ad- because oh. Kaylin is adopted, and there are a few snafus with that, apparently, even though he has previously been issued a passport. Also, don't get me started, because I could talk about this for a while, and I don't think that would be entertaining for anybody. <laughs> you could go all government agency on I could on go this. all, I think I used the term in our life group when I was asking you guys to pray um, that certain government workers can bite me. Which is I, I think those nice. were your exact words. I think they might have been my exact words. Well, um, in, in the grand tra- tradition of season four, we have a guest that Laura and I barely know, but are so excited to get to know. Yes. Tonight we have Alice Corey with us. Hi, Alice. Hi. Welcome. Okay, Thank so you. we literally know nothing about you. That's we not just- true. I okay. know that well, she has three children. Yes, and we all know Judy. And I have used Judy as a babysitter, and my children love her. Exactly. Yes, well, mm-hmm. I, I knew that as much as that, and also, even though Alice hardly knows me, she always smiles very brightly when she sees me, and um, is just somebody I always love to see their face at church, because you just bring sunshine to the room. You do. Okay, I'm, I somehow know you, because you, you trained us one time. Yes, the in kids. children's ministry. Mm-hmm. I was there that day. So I remember I that day. You did you. a very good job. And then I know Laura because Judy has babysat for mm-hmm. her. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, but we don't know each other well. Mm-hmm. I yes. mean, I don't exactly. know your story. You know, I, I get it. I don't know where you're from. <laughs> okay. I don't know how you came to know Jesus. I don't know okay. any of those things. <laughs> okay. You want to you wanna, you wanna give us a brief, enlighten us. A brief yeah, background me, on Alice? Yeah, let me enlighten you a little bit. Um, I was born and raised in Kenya. Kenya is a country in East Africa, for those Mm -hmm. who don't know. Um, I grew up in a Catholic family. Mm. Um, You know, our family are Catholics from way, you know, from way back. And I went to a, a Catholic elementary school. Then I went to a boarding school, which is very common in Kenya. Kenya, people go to boarding schools all the time. And I was looking forward to it because I grew up in a farm. Hmm. And it was work, work, work. <laughs> so I was ready to get away from so the So school work. was a break. School was a break. Even with those Catholic nuns? Mm-hmm. Well, the Catholic 
Well, the Catholic was the elementary. Okay. So the boarding school, oh, the boarding was, Catholic school, school was not. Okay. No, no, no. You no I went to Catholic school, You don't want to go too. with the nuns. <laughs> no. uh-huh. Oh, you did? I did with mm-hmm. Sister Mary and Joseph. Mm-hmm. And you didn't want to cross her. Yes. <laughs> I think I still wouldn't want to cross her. S- Sister Mary and Joseph. <laughs> no, she sounds serious. If she's still living, she's probably 130. <laughs> <laughs> but she is. But she hang on. Anyway, so you went to boarding school. I went to boarding school, which was really good. I enjoyed it because you're away from from work. And when I came back from the first term, you know, we called it terms in Kenya. And I came back, the first thing I did was try not to milk a cow properly. Because I didn't want, that was my If you worst. did it badly, then maybe they wouldn't have you do it again. Well, is that my dad is hope? a vet. And so he was particular. He was, he's very particular. And, you know, I don't know whether you know this, but if you don't milk the cow, like, all the way, it can get mastitis. Hmm. So my dad I actually do know that, you too, do know because that. I'm an animal science major. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's I had no under, idea. My undergrad. Yeah, I was a speech in. communications major. Yeah. I've artificially inseminated a cow. That's a, that, 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 that's an edit alert. Oh, that my is. God. I feel Jeez. like I need to yes. know more my, about I, that. I, I, I've actually had my left arm pooped. Pooped. <laughs> oh, oh that's great. I just, got, I just got a visual demonstration Sorry. that was unpleasant. It, that's exactly what happened. My arm went numb. <laughs> yeah. And I just saw it slowly being pooped out of the oh. cow while I was... You're welcome, listeners. Yes, there you go. <laughs> welcome. I can give you more on that story later. Oh, I'm yes. sure everyone's so waiting with So your dad was breath. a vet. So my dad, yeah, was he a He did vet. not want you giving his cows mastitis. He's very particular with his animals. He loves his animals, and he's very particular. So he said, don't ever touch my cows mm. again. You were like, just fine with like, me. I was just what I wanted. <laughs> so, so pass forward, I came here to America. Uh, twenty years ago, and how I don't I'm not trying to do math, but just to know where you were in your life. I was an adult when I came. Uh, I was about I was about twenty five. And what made you want to come to the states? Um, looking for jobs. To be honest, there was no jobs in Kenya. I don't know whether you know much about African politics, but when there's a it seems tumultuous. Yes. When there's a particular president, the people from that tribe are the only one who get jobs. Oh, wow. So if you're not from that tribe, you don't get jobs. So it was just became so bad. My husband finished college and he could not get a job. So you, you were already married when y'all came to the States? We got married when my husband was leaving. <laughs> just oh, like wow. It was about to come. Because he came here before me. He was here 18 months before I came. Y'all were separate for 18 months right at the beginning of yes, your marriage. Yes, Well, in some marriages, that might be a good thing for the first year and a half. <laughs> no, I was actually very frustrated because he was trying to process my papers and all, and it took so long. So are you saying it might have been as complicated or more complicated than Laura's current passport snafu? Yes, it was, co- it was more complicated. Than <laughs> but it's been a really frustrating day, Alice. <laughs> Well, not for 18 months. No, that, that's exactly right. <laughs> True. Although we'll see. We don't know when Keelan will yeah, get his passport. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope he gets it, though. Yes. Well, please pray. Time. Yes. So you you did all of high school at the mm-hmm. boarding school. Yes. And then did you were you able to go to college in Kenya? I did. 
I did secretary because that's what women did. Okay. And I hated it. I can't even remember. Hated it worse than milking a cow? I hated it because that's not what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But You had no passion for it. It's just kind of what women were expected to do. Yeah, it's what women, you know, you either become a teacher or do secretary. And I don't, I didn't think I would be a teacher. Mm -hmm. So secretary it was. And you and your husband married, and then he said, I'm going to go to the States and find a no, job, had, and I'll... Yes, so we had talked about, you know, us coming here, but he got his his stuff us. So he came, and he landed in Boston. Oh, wow. And he hated it. Mm. He said, this is not my idea of America. So he said, it's old and creaky. <laughs> old and creaky. <laughs> yes. So when he was waiting for his papers to process to start work, he went to visit another friend who lived in Des Moines, Iowa. And he loved it. He said, oh, it's beautiful here. Iowa. Mm-hmm. So he, that's what, and he told me at first, I was like, you mean Ohio? <laughs> he said, no, 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 Iowa. I was like, what? Anyway, <laughs> so he moved there. So when I landed here, I went to Des Moines, Iowa. Where, you were like, there's more cows. <laughs> Well, I didn't see them because we were in Des Moines. Des Moines. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like yes. a city, so it wasn't bad. So I didn't see the cows much. So that's where we landed. Uh, we were there for nine years. All my kids were born there. And then it just became so cold. You know, enough in Kenya, it's not that cold. We don't get snow. So we just got tired of the snow. So we came here for a wedding. In spite of the beauty of Iowa, you, yeah. you got sick of the cold. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the snow. When you first said a driving in Iowa, snow. that was my first thought because I can't yeah. even do it. The only time I've ever been in Iowa was with my husband, and it was twelve degrees. Yeah, it was awful. Mm. I mean, for us, we didn't. We yes. didn't. You know, f- yeah. So we didn't like the cold. So we came here for a wedding, and we just thought, "My God, this is beautiful." So we moved here. We moved here. Ten, eleven, mm. ten, ten, eleven years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's 11 years now because we were in Des Moines for nine and we've been here for 11. So, yeah. And you said you grew up Catholic. Yes. When when did you develop like a relationship with Jesus? Okay, when I went to when I went to Iowa, there was a Catholic church, you know, like a walking distance. It was about 10 minutes walk. Mm-hmm. And I would go there when my husband goes to work. You know, the Catholic has a mass every day. Mm-hmm. So I would go there. Um, but for, I don't know, for some reason it just felt cold. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't feel like I was getting a connection from the Lord. So I asked around, you know, I was like, so where do you guys go to church? And I was told about this church. It was called First Assemblies of God. So I went there a few times and I, I really liked it. So one time there's an altar call and I answered it. And that's how my journey began. They said, if you pray, if you say the prayer, please come to the back. I went to the back. They gave me a Bible. They, you know, told me about the Bible studies and stuff. So I went for my, uh, for a Bible study, but I didn't follow through much. I just went like two times because it was so cold and I had little kids. Mm-hmm. And my husband was driving a truck at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Uh, I'm not gonna be leaving on Wednesday nights to go, <laughs> to go for a Bible study. So I, I would say I didn't really nurture my relationship that much with the Lord. I went to church. That was it. 
and I had a few friends that would pray, but that, that, that you know, that kind of was it. So when I, so when we moved here, we started going to DBC like right away. Because wow. you live close by, right? Because we live close by. And so what I did when we moved here, we moved here in the summer on June 31st. So what I did, I, I, I registered my kids to all VBS in, I think, a 10 miles in radius. <laughs> <laughs> all the VBS. Get them out the of the house. Because, you know, the VBS are free, and mm-hmm. I didn't have a job at the time. I was like, this is a good thing, you know, good thing for them sure. to go to. So they literally loved the VBS at DBC. Mm-hmm. They kept saying, Mom, let's go back to that church. So we went, and at that time, uh, uh, Robin Dembeki, I don't know if you guys know her. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, Robert uh, Dembeki was the children's minister, and she was just wonderful. She kept emailing me, you know, camping the city is coming, this is coming. And so everything that was happening, she would email me. She would be like, oh, I, I, just bring your kids. I think your kids will love this. I was like, okay. And they really loved the church, so we... We stayed there, and they got baptized there. You know, you guys. As we, I think yes. we mentioned certainly before the podcast began, mm. but maybe even at the beginning of the podcast. That's what everybody knows Judy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, everyone knows Judy. I remember and the day got, that they got baptized. Yes, I remember the video. Yes, yes, yes. They got baptized at the same day, and that was so wonderful. So anyway, so I used to take them to church on Wednesday nights, and I would go back home. Then one time I said, no, let me go to, you know, there was a Bible study it's about David. It's not that cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that cold. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not even doing anything when I go home. I just sit there, you know, just watch a show or something. I said, you know what, let me just go. So my first ever Bible study was the Bible study of David. And it was being taught by Mary Abro. Mm. And it was wonderful. So She's pretty wonderful. She is wonderful. And it was just a really good Bible study. So that's when I started kind of digging deep and mm. and because you know I think well I don't know if you guys know but you know when you grew up as a Catholic we didn't even have a Bible in my house because we we had one but we didn't read it we didn't have one because my dad was you know like what you would you know the equivalent of an elder he was like an elder mm-hmm. so the book you know the book that the you know the Catholics read the the, the missal that they have like at the mass yeah, the book that's read, you know, mm-hmm. they read the same book, f- f- you know, from here to Kenya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I think it's like, I think it's the, it's the missile and it's yeah. like, it's like a, they, it's the plan, the reading yes. plan. And so all, uh, like all of Catholicdom yes. is reading the same readings on a Sunday, on, you know, Sunday, yes. June 12th. Yes. They're it's all the reading wow. the same readings. So we had that book in our all house. over the world. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that book was Which in our house. Which is kind of cool in a unity yes, sort of way. It's very cool. But for some reason, you're, we're not even supposed to touch it because it belongs to the church, but it was there. So we didn't, we prayed, you know, like for meals, but that was it. You know, it was, a, you know, my family was very loving and everything, but we didn't like read the, you know, we didn't do that. So, so when I, so when I accepted the Lord, I started reading the Bible some, you know, but, but because I went to, I went to, uh, uh, you know, as I said, an elementary school, a Catholic elementary school. And in Kenya, we did uh, a Christian religion education. Hmm. So I know 
I mean, I knew the Bible stories very well because, you know, we learned them in school. And also, you know, when you are Catholic, you have to to go to catechism class. Yes, yes. So I did all that. And I, you know, so, you know, I knew the Bible stories, but I've never actually read the Bible for myself. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know how I like the guy who preached this Sunday, you know, was saying, mm-hmm. you just listen to other people tell you about mm-hmm. the, tell you about God. But you, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have that relationship because you don't read the Bible. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know. There's so, something different about that. There's yes, something different yes. about meeting with the Lord. Yes, so and meeting consuming with the Lord, it for yourself. Consuming it, yes. It is, it's been really good when I've tried to do that. So when I, I think I came here, that's when I really, really tried to do that. And So on a Wednesday night when your kids were at church doing a youth church, group yes. thing, you decided to do yes. the Bible study. Yes, so I've been doing the Bible study since. I've, I haven't missed a Bible study since because wow. I really, really enjoyed it. And I was like, this is good because you get to read the Bible yourself, understand this. You know, if, you know, a lot of the Bible study had like a homework. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that. And I, I have enjoyed it since. So God, you, you could like... I love that God used your kids yes. to get you plugged in in multiple ways. They got you to the church. They were like, we like this place. Yes. And then Bible study, obviously, like you felt convicted to. I did. I did. It's really been so, so eye-opening and really, you know, because it's one thing when you hear this story when you're a kid, mm-hmm. you know, Moses did this or whatever mm-hmm. happened. But when you read it yourself and go deep. Because I've read so many things, I'm like, oh, I never knew that, mm-hmm. you know. I never read that, but because now I'm reading, I'm reading it for myself. I'm reading it to go deeper into the world. It's been really a blessing, I would say. Is there a time that you feel like you had an aha moment of, of like where it became like I I like I said I told you I grew mm-hmm. up Catholic so. I, like, I believed in God my whole life. Mm-hmm. I believed in the Jesus yes. story mm-hmm. my whole life. Mm-hmm. But for me, my freshman year, or not my freshman, my year in college, definitely not my freshman year in college, <laughs> my sophomore year in college, when I started going to this campus ministry, hearing hearing the gospel not over and over, the like, kind of, and it, it, it wasn't like they were doing, like, a... John three sixteen message every mm-hmm. week or anything. It was just, I kept hearing the gospel and the, it, the hints of the gospel through every story, through mm-hmm. every teaching that over the course of that year, that's where I would say like, it's, it just clicked with me. Um, that, that this was about, that this was about Jesus and what he had done and not about my imperfect belief or my imperfect obedience, but mm-hmm. his perfect sacrifice. Like, is there, is there something like that that happened with you where you feel like now I know that I know? Yes, I think that's the time that I started going to this church, you know, the first assemblies of God. The preaching was different, mm. you know. You felt like it's speaking to you and it's telling you you can have this relationship with God. It doesn't have to be over. The, yes, because I believed in God, you know, all my life. Because I, you know, we went to church every Sunday and to confession every Saturday. <laughs> Story for another day. But and my, mass very frequently. Maybe and more mass. Yes. And mass in school. So yes. 
So when I had that, and I was like, you know, when the pastor said that, you know, you can have this relationship, and I've been think, I was, you know, I've been thinking about it, and I, I don't think it's thinking, just maybe the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, but I didn't know what it was. But so when they, and there were. And there was like an altar call, like every Sunday, you know, every Sunday he would say, you know, if you feel, say the prayer. But that day, it just clicked, and I think the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. And I just felt that it was time for me to to have that relationship, you know, with the Lord. Yeah. Can you think of a time where God has kind of shown up in a big way, in a, in a, in a like a place of hurt or pain that... I think God has shown up in big way for me two in two ways. So one, I was born um, with a very pimp, with a small, very small pimple here on my neck. Mm. The pimple became something really big, and I spent most of it, of my childhood in the hospital. Because it kept, like, there was pus, it would get so big, they had to go cut it and take mm. out the pus. Like it was an abscess or something? I think it was an abscess. Okay. So, and that was when you were born with that? Yes, I was born with that. Mm. But it turned out that, so the doctors were saying that they were waiting for me to get big so they can do surgery on me. Mm. But they did surgery, like, I think I was in first grade. Because it would never heal. It, it, just it would never not. heal. It kept coming back and back, and I spent so much of my childhood in the hospital, Ugh. you know, really. So, so all this time, you know, we were, you know, I, was, I, I just kept asking God, God, why, why can't I be a, no, a normal kid? Mm-hmm. Because I was kind of normal, but I wasn't praying. You know, I could not play, you know, with the kids as hard. Mm-hmm. because of my so I kept asking God what you know wh- why can I be like you know you, 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 I like the other kids and so eventually so what happened I had two surgeries before I was I was in sixth grade but they were unsuccessful so when I was in sixth grade I remember very well because I they made me repeat sixth grade because I had surgery during the final exam. Oh, wow. You know, like the STAR test is a big deal in mm-hmm. Kenya. If you don't do it, that's it. So there were these, these doctors, they were white in Kenya. So I don't know where they were from, but I don't know. I think they were doctors on borders or something. Mm. Oh, doctors without mm-hmm. borders. Without, yeah. <laughs> yes, without borders. <laughs> not with borders, the doctors yeah. without <laughs> Without borders, I think. But I'm not sure. So they did my surgery, but I, I don't know whether you've noticed, but I have a stutter. I have, I have not, not noticed. noticed. Oh, good. <laughs> so that's what happens. When they did my surgery, they somehow messed with my vocal cords, and I got a stutter then. But at least I was healed. So right. since that time I got healed, I had to repeat sixth grade, but I, was healed. but I thought that was really big for me, even if I was a kid. Mm-hmm. because I was always, like, you know, sitting on the side mm-hmm. because I couldn't, you know, do so, so so much of the, you know, the things that the kids were doing that that was big for me. But the second one was our youngest son, he's 13 years old, and he has severe autism. Mm. And being here, uh, well, I don't have any family here. 
my husband's family is here, but they live in North Carolina. So we were just here, and then you get this huge thing, you know, because that's life changing information. It's a life changing information, and you don't have a lot of support. You don't have a lot mm-hmm. of support, and we don't know the systems as much because we were not born here, both of us. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to know, okay, what do we do? What do we, you know? So, but God brought people in our lives that would you know, direct us, do this, call this place, go here. And it was just, God has, God just showed up. You're like, oh my God, how did they, you know, how did that happen? How did that person come and tell us about this? So, and he continues to do that even now because uh, our son's diagnosis, you know, as I said, he's uh, severe. So he's, you know, you can leave him alone even if he's 13 right now. He has to have somebody with him. Mm. And it's not easy when, you don't have any family. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really tough. So God keeps showing up in those things. And obviously being here and not knowing anybody, that is a big deal. And, you know, even the ladies at the church, you know, uh, Jenny started, uh, you know, you know, like, um, you know, special kids, mom, you know, who have you oh, met? Oh, Jenny Smith. Summers, Jenny yes. Smith. Yes, mm-hmm. Jenny Smith. Oh, yes. So we so remember we interviewed ago. Jenny mm-hmm. the year that she yeah. started mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so we met two years. And it was so nice just to be around people who kind of understands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, we go to another support group at Bentry Church, which has been so helpful, too, because you just have people that, to share. Just people who get it. People who get it. And and can understand how exhausted you are. Oh, and yes. How confusing it can be. Yes. Just to feel, yeah, of course, I, I mean, just to feel understood is a really big so deal. It is so helpful because, you know, you can say anything there and people are like, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. But, you know, if you tell somebody, you're like, what, he's 13, he can do that. You know, mm-hmm. he's not supposed to be doing that. So it's been really such a blessing. Does the group at... Um, is the group at Bentry multi-generational? Meaning, like, do, are there any parents that have yes. kids older yes. than your son? Yes, and yes. So yes. that can kind of be insightful, too. Yes, so it's very, very helpful. And those, they are very resourceful. Mm. Yeah, because a few of them have, like, adult kids. And they are very resourceful, so they will tell you, you know, do this, do that. So that is very helpful. Yeah. And he's 13, and you said he's at West right now? Yes, he's at West. And is have you have you been able to find people there too that have helped you helped you navigate special ed and, yes. and getting yes. him the accommodations that he needs? Yes. Oh, we good. Have. Yeah, it's been it's been great. And you've got one in college right now one too. One in college. One is gonna be a junior in high school. So yes, just going up there. It's, it's, I feel like that too can be really hard. When, you know, I'm, your child goes off to college, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that Judy was probably some oh, help with him. she was so helpful. She was so helpful. And, you know, she was working at Starbucks before she left. Mm-hmm. And she used to go with him to Starbucks, like, every Friday. They had, mm-hmm. like, a date. And she would get him, you know, I think he used to get, I don't know, some juice or something there. And he just, you know, it was a, it was a big loss for him when Judy mm-hmm. left because she was really good for him mm-hmm. yeah good friend yeah. well looking um looking forward and mm-hmm. you know you're a lot of this is 
really new to you, even though you grew up believing in God and, mm-hmm. and learning about God, um, you know, your faith is still, it sounds like really growing and you're still yeah, learning. And hopefully is. we all are for the rest of our lives. <laughs> yes. Um, what's, what's a, a big hope, a big prayer that you have, um, like just looking at your future? Looking at my future is, uh, I am a caregiver for seniors, by the way. Hmm. And that job has made me, you know, first of all, understand America so much because we talk a lot with the mm-hmm. seniors. Mm-hmm. So you get has, a history lesson at work. <laughs> I get a history lesson at work and they're very loving and, you know, they give me stories and I'm so surprised, you know, so it has made me so to learn America. And also it has, it just, uh, you know, every time I'm going to work, I just ask the Lord to use me. Hmm. Because even these old people sometimes, you know, and, you know, some of them were really, you know, big in the church. They did so much for the church. But now they're just home. They kind of feel, oh, now I can't go to church. I can't do this and that. So I just pray to the Lord to help me to make them feel that they can still do the Lord's mm-hmm. work, you know. That, that they're they still contributing. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, they can still contribute. And, you know, that verse that Anita gave here you know, about, you know, even if in your old age, you can still, so I give that to my clients all the time, and I tell them, even if you're old, you can still do something, mm-hmm. because most of them are very knowledgeable, mm-hmm. they have done so much, and they can still continue to... He's not done with you yet. He's not done with, but that's what I keep telling them, he's not done with you yet, but they're like, oh, but I'm just here, I can't mm-hmm. even go to church. No, he's not done with you yet, you can still do so much. Mm. So, I think... My big ask is for God to continue using me mm. in my life, in my job, and just bless every person, you know, who I come into contact mm-hmm. with. Because I think that's a purpose that the Lord asks us to just, you know, use his name and just bless other people. But um, I think... That is my big ask, just for the Lord to continue using me and for me to live out my purpose, which, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm still <laughs> trying Working to <laughs> Although to I that. can see how just professionally that, that, would be, that would be such a gift to, to people that feel marginalized. Right. Mm-hmm. That just mm-hmm. And yes. when you said it, I thought, oh, yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, especially during you COVID, that. you know, people have mm. been, you know, some people have been just been so lonely because mm-hmm. some people live alone and they were just feeling, you know, hopeless. But I was just asking the Lord to use me. So, I would, you know, I use my phone to, you know, bring, you know, ask them, you know, what's your favorite preacher? Mm-hmm. And I would just we put it for it. them, Aww. you know, oh, what church did you used to go to? And I would just put, mm-hmm. you know. If ever there was a time. To be yes. watching church from home, yes. not be able to go to church. This is the time. Yes, and some of them are like, "Oh my God, how did you get that? You know, how did you get <laughs> you, my you made, magic? You, you made the magic happen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know. So that just that, you know, that little thing. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, you know, That's just a blessing. using my phone for them to mm-hmm. see. It's a blessing because sometimes, you know, people don't think about, you know, the people who are just 
you know, home back. Well, and you know that, and I'm also thinking you probably really empathize with them in a unique way mm-hmm. because you've experienced, probably mm-hmm. experienced that loneliness. Yes. Like you, yeah. you mm-hmm. moved to a country yes. where you knew nobody. <laughs> nobody. You did yes. not have family was, here. Was there a huge immigrant, African immigrant population in Des Moines? In Des Moines, there was a good, um, a good uh, population of Kenyans. There was a community college there that a lot of Kenyans came to. Hmm. So there was, I mean, not big, but it was good, you know, you could get. So you did have, or could connect with some people from. Yes, yes, at least you'd connect with uh, some people. But, and then, you know, when I went to DBC, I met, you know, Dawn, you know, Dawn Moody was in Kenya for like two years. So I I was, (laughs) you know, I was so happy to talk about her, about Kenya. I was like, oh my God. You know Kenya. And it's Dawn. And it's Dawn. Yes, yes. and And it's it's delightful, beautiful, wonderful, sweet, loving, (laughs) beloved Dawn. Yes, and I also met another lady. We went to the retreat, and they said, if you speak more than one language, go over there. Uh And so I went over there, and I was standing next to this lady, and I asked, so what language do you speak? I expected her to say Spanish. She said Swahili. I said, oh, no, Swahili? She said, yes, my husband and I were in Kenya for two years. So her husband wow. was a doctor, and he was in this hospital in Kenya for two years. So that, you know, film, you know made me feel really good. And her name was Aunt Colina. She used to live here, but she moved to Conroe. Mm. But that was so nice, you know. I said, so what was your favorite food in Kenya? And she said, I said, oh, come to my house. I'll make that for you. So, you know, yes, so it's been good to meet those people and just, and just, uh, you know, talk about Kenya, but also, you know, our cult, and and we actually talking with Don, you know, with Don the other day about this, about how our culture is really different. Well, it's, well, I would say, yeah, it's it's a little different because, you know, people take care of the old, you know, Mm -hmm. really different way. And then we have huge respect you know Mm. when an old person come in somewhere you have to stand up you know like Mm. in a bus or whatever so I think with that it has given me really that love and Mm -hmm. empathy empathy and I kind of feel like I'm taking care of my parents Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's how I feel so I feel like I'm giving back to the community which has given me so much too by just mm -hmm. taking care and I know that they're like um, uh, all of the, all of the different African nations have different cultures, individual mm-hmm. cultures. Yes. But there does seem to be a kind of a universal just hospitality and friendliness yes. mm-hmm. in in a lot of them. Uh, you talking about inviting that lady over to feed her is reminding me of the 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 first time I met Celeste and Musakura. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, I, I think he started Alarm Ministries, mm-hmm. and he's from either Rwanda, Rwanda or Uganda. I can't mm-hmm. remember. They, mm-hmm. But um, I was dating a guy. This is when I was in seminary, and I was dating a guy. Um, his name was Colin, and he actually, he was at, uh, he, he went to DBC, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, that's how I met him. But uh, mm-hmm. 
that was what the first time I went to DVC when I first started stalking Mary Yarbrough. Um, but <laughs> oh, she's so wonderful. She is. She's she's stockworthy. She is stockworthy. Yes. Yeah, she is my my babysitting group leader. You know, she's been my you know, mm. just wonderful. That's yes. Funny. Well, Mary's who told us to interview you, and I was like, what a great idea. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get her. You'll get her. <laughs> well, so so I so Colin had gone on a mission trip with Celestin and his wife, I think her name is Bernadette. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they invited him over, um, to kind of, they were going to look at pictures from their trip or something. And so Colin asked me if I wanted to go with, and I was like, sure. So I, we were going at like seven thirty PM or something like that. So mm-hmm. I was not thinking, anything I just thought we were just going to go look at the pictures and you know I'd meet this family and you know and uh and that is what was happening and about I'm gonna say like 10 30 at night mm-hmm. I start making like signals mm-hmm. with my eyes at him mm-hmm. like I'm ready to go because I have to go to bed and I was like driving to Fort Worth the next day and um so I'm kind of like okay let's, let's wrap it up let's wrap this thing along and so he finally reads the hints that I'm kind of giving him that I'm ready to, to I'm ready to rock and roll. And um, Celestin's like, oh, no, we have prepared rooms for you. We thought we, we thought you were going to spend the night. And and I'm like, what? No, I, ha- I have contacts in. I'm like, I, I can't. I don't have a toothbrush. I can't. You know, they're like, we have we you know, we have rooms for you. We thought you were going to stay the night and I was like, I, I really can't stay the night. I, I, I really can't. And, you know, they were talking to how in their culture, when someone comes over to your house at nighttime, yes. that is true. You know, you often yes. stay with them. You yes. don't travel back oh, wow. to your home. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but it's because, you know, there are no cars and you yes, know, it's, and not, it's not safe. safe. That's yes, right. Yes. Right. Yes, and I'm like, safe. I feel safe, but, <laughs> but they still wouldn't let us, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let then. us leave <laughs> until they fed us. And so they, they were going to feed us the meal that they were going to feed us for breakfast. Aww. And so, anyway, we ended up being there till like midnight thirty. Oh my! <laughs> because Very they, endearing. And it was a wonderful. It was a wonderful meal, but it was also like just such a sweet picture of hospitality to yeah. me. Yeah, um, yeah. Feeding is big deal to us. We have to. You have to feed people. Yes. Yeah, so they did that's not want us to leave until they'd fed us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's a big oh, deal. Sweet. Yeah, that's a big deal. Are there things you miss about Kenya? Yeah, I miss the communities really. You know, people do community real well. Yeah, I think that's the only thing we miss. And obviously, you know, being around the family, it's really big. But the community is really is different. You know, like if you lived here, you know, your neighbors, you could, mm-hmm. you know. Have you been home at all since you moved here? I've been, yes. And my mom has been here too. So she's, mm-hmm. she came. I've My dad couldn't come because he couldn't leave his animals. Mm. <laughs> because they might get mastitis. Yes. Somebody has to Somebody milk those. Might give us. Yeah, I was so disappointed, and so she got to come and see yeah, your she got, life here. Yes, and yeah, yeah. So she got to come and see, and that was very good. She was like, "Oh my God, having kids is the best thing." I never thought I would get on an airplane, but here mm. I am. So that was sweet. She was very happy to come, and I was happy too for her to come and be here and rest. Because she, you know, she worked so hard on that farm when my dad was working. So she needed the rest. 
Are any of your other siblings in the States? No, I don't have any siblings here. One of my brothers is in, is in Qatar, but everybody else is back in Kenya. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's not rough. I mean, I wouldn't say it's rough. You know, we talk every day now. At least the phones are open, so mm-hmm. we talk every day. and So it's not bad. I have... I can't complain much. And you've been able to see your children establish such an yes. involved life here. Yes. yes, And I've also been involved in, you know, we have lived in the same place for the whole time we've been here. So this is like, I just consider it my, com- mm-hmm. my community. Yes. And, yeah. you know, most of my jobs that I do have been around here. So that's really have, has been good, you know. I've actually worked for a few families from DBC, which has been so nice. So I think I feel like I have a community too, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, um, I can't complain much. Um, I'm thankful and I'm learning and going deep in the world. I bought a, a Laura Martin's book and now I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying hard. That's two plugs she's gotten yes. on this podcast. Yes, I have the book and I've been... Working hard on that. This year, you know, we in July. Yeah. That's the first time that I have really... Stuck <laughs> with it. Stuck with it. Mm-hmm. So good. So I'm I'm just praying to the Lord to help me to keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's just... Sweet. Yeah, because that's... I think that's a thing that I would like to do more, you know, to just get deep into my relationship with the Lord because sometimes we get too busy. And COVID has shown us that we can all slow down. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> That's the truth. And I thought we could stay slow, but it hasn't seemed to be that way. I, I yeah, will confess that back. recently, mm-hmm. I this summer, we've been so busy that for just a little hot minute, mm-hmm. I longed for my, my COVID summer of 2020. Yes, COVID summer of 2020 was kind of good mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah now we are all over the place again mm-hmm. yes and yes. I, I thought I was going to be able to hold back on that but it's it's been hard well Alice I, th- I don't know if I said it at the beginning of the podcast or I said it in our pre-podcast conversation but um, to me like e- even though I have not known you well for the past mm-hmm. few years I've known who you are mm-hmm. okay. um I every every time I see you, you just you smile so brightly. Mm-hmm. You make me feel loved, even though I don't know you well. Like I I have, I just feel I I don't know why the way that you smile at me mm-hmm. always makes me feel so good. You're just you're just such a bright gift to our church and our community, and um, it's really been a pleasure to hear your story and get to know you better. It's been a pleasure to know you guys too, and to know. All the other ladies that have come to the podcast, it's just good to hear and know that, you know, we all have different stories, but we all have a God that we Mm -hmm. trust and, you know, who gives us hope. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I, it it also really encouraged me when I I was I I asked I asked Alice I said have you know some people find it helpful if they've listened to a couple of episodes and Alice Alice said oh I've listened to them all yeah and I started uh, from what go and that, I mean one that was encouraging to Laura and I just because you know you you want to feel like like people are like like it matters to people yes. but but two I just think what a gift to the ladies of this church that there's people like you that mm-hmm. care about their stories and are invested in hearing to, about them. You know, because them. I see people and you're like, oh, I don't, but you know, when you listen to their stories, 
you can't connect, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, even someone like Nira, I know Nira, but I didn't even know her story that mm-hmm. much, you know? So yes. just listening to her story and it was just Well, it's easy so to good. imagine that everybody's life is just this perfect, perfect yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, and that they have no pain and mm-hmm. they have no suffering and, yes. you know, and, yeah. and, and, and that's just that's just not. Uh, it's all their pretty Instagram pictures. No, but yeah, yes. no, no, nobody, uh, nobody rides the train for free. No, nope. yeah, nobody. <laughs> that's right. Nobody does. Nobody does. So it's been it's it's been a pleasure just getting to know the ladies because sometimes you look at someone and oh, I want her life. She's so mm-hmm. perfect. You know, like Marsha. I'm like she's so beautiful. She can sing. And then you're like, never mind. That's, <laughs> I'm teasing Marsha. You know, that's the one thing I ask her. Why didn't you give me the gift of singing? You know, Marsha can oh, sing. Oh, I, I know. I yeah. think that all the time. Yeah, that's one thing I always ask God. Oh, God, I would really like to sing. I know. I would never have done like Ariel the Little Mermaid. I would not have given <laughs> not her that. Given that. Mm-hmm. No, it's yes. all Ariel. Yes. I'd be like, no, okay, I'll, I'll take these fish legs. <laughs> also known as a fin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, those. <laughs> <laughs> or a mermaid tail. Yes. I think, yes. Anyway, uh, yes, thank you so much for coming on. We always appreciate you. people sharing thank their story. Thank you so much for, you know, for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'll get Mary Abro for this. But yes. <laughs> well, happy, and now, I'm happy to um, be and, here. And now um, Alice is not just Judy's mom. Yes, I'm That's not right. just Judy's mom. Everybody right. knows me as Judy's mom because... You know, everybody knows Judy, even the kids. They mm-hmm. do. Well, yes. that's the, the, well. it's easy to see where where Judy gets her sunny personality. That's right. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Alice. And thank you guys for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches. Mm-hmm.